0: listening to lead defend the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood we address important faith topics and provide practical life tips helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture here are your hosts seth tucker and ryan scantling
1: hey this is ryan and we're here with seth and today andrea is joining us and andrea leads andrea lennon ministries but she's also on staff here at the arkansas baptist state convention Andrea does podcasts and all kinds of speaking events. Andrea, just tell us a little bit about what you do. All right.
0: Well, thank you guys so much. It is a joy to be with you. I absolutely love hanging with... All my friends at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, this is family for me, and I do have a ministry called Andrea Lennon Ministry. Super excited about that. I'm married, have a couple of kids, just love the Lord, love to serve women. So a
1: couple, at what point do you just quit counting and you just say couple?
0: Well, for me, it was two. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> I,
2: the traditional version of
1: couple. Uh, yeah, I guess so. When I think a couple, I grew up on the farm, so they'd be like, get a couple eggs, and it always meant like two to six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so well, I have a 20 year old and a 17 year old. And so both boys. So, you know, there's always a lot of kids at my house and they always like to eat whatever's in the refrigerator, whatever's in the pantry. And it's just, you know, free game.
1: Yep. And expensive.
0: It's very expensive, but I love it. I love being a boy mom and I love just hanging out. I love sports. I love football specifically. We're a big football family. So, um, you know we're have a good time
1: that's awesome well hey andrea is joining us as we start kind of just a couple episodes where we're going to talk about some big questions lifeway recently released a survey it's the biennial state of theology study from Nashville based lifeway research and they explore religious and cultural beliefs of all US adults how this worked was they surveyed several thousand adults in and uh, throughout america and they asked a series of questions well rather they gave a series of statements And then they gave people this opportunity to say, do you strongly agree, somewhat agree, somewhat disagree, and strongly disagree? All of these things will be in our show notes, so if you want to look at this survey, you can do that yourself. But the first statement they gave was, God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. I think as we look at how Americans responded to this, there are some surprising things, but there are also some things that we see that it's like, okay, we agree with that, but do people even understand why they think that? So with that statement... God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. 50% of all Americans strongly agree. 15% somewhat agree. So that's 65% that agree total. 9% somewhat disagree. 13% strongly disagree. And 12% were not sure. They just didn't even know yeah. what day it was. So they were just hanging. All right, so, so when we think of that statement, God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. Where do we even start with approaching that?
2: Well, I think personally when we think about questions on theology like this, right? We're going to be talking about like, there's, if you look at this study, there's a lot of big theology questions. There's some simple ones, but when you think about theology, we have to go into it, remembering that, you know, like if my parents were to answer these questions, they're going to answer them very differently and they're not going to be surprised by the, or they would be surprised by the results that we will see when we're talking about this. Our audience is college students. Some of you might not know the answers to all these questions. Some of you um, may not be surprised by the responses of your peers. Exactly. But my parents would be very surprised. Wow. So and you're so, saying
1: there's been some generational shifts within America, just how people even perceive yeah. God and themselves.
2: Biblical and theological illiteracy. Part of it is our world has changed to where going to church and learning the Bible is not expected of people. And so um, as we talk about this, if you're if you listening to us discuss a question like this and you don't know the answer it's okay. We, wanna, we want you to learn, we want you to go home, and we want you to study this on your own too. But um, it's good for you to understand and not to feel ashamed that you don't know the answers. But, That's a
1: good word. So, so that yeah. statement, God is a perfect being and yeah. cannot make any mistakes. When I first saw that, I thought of the word that A.W. Tozer wrote. He said, what first comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts about who God is and how He is real or not real in their lives. But when you think about God, do you think of Him as perfect? And if so, what leads to you thinking that He's perfect? Andrea, for you, how does this statement, how has it been girded and grounded in your life?
0: I absolutely think about the holiness of God. You know, Mm -hmm. when I think about the holiness of God, I think we have to be able to put some you know, definition to that. He is set apart, and he's spiritually pure. That means that he is different than us. He is the creator; we are the creation. We need to understand that relationship. We need to thrive in the midst of that relationship, and then we need to know that he is outside. He is separate from sin. He is you know, separate from a fallen world. He is our creator, our sustainer, our maker. And so when we see him in that context, then we understand that we're his number one or that we Mm. have the opportunity to be in relationship with him. And then we have the opportunity to thrive even in the midst of a fallen world. And so Mm. we have the power through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and through the word of God and through the community of believers to overcome that sin, to overcome the fact that we are, you know, plagued by sin, but yet victory is ours in Jesus Christ. And so His holiness roots all of that. He's set apart. He's spiritually pure.
1: So every indication we have from this research is that they just gave people this statement and then asked them to respond. And I think there's some presuppositions that go into this. Yeah. When you hear the word perfect, what comes to your mind?
2: Doesn't make any mistakes. Um, you know, doesn't do the wrong thing. Doesn't yeah. sin. Okay,
1: okay. Uh, like without error maybe I, yeah. I really like andrea how you oh. talked about god's holiness in perfection his distinct otherness um i think it was rc Sproul who said that holiness is what makes god other and different and foreign to us in a way that we can't even comprehend um so when the question was asked or when the statement was made do you agree or disagree that god is perfect and without error or has never made a mistake how do we even judge perfection? Like, how do we as people judge perfection?
2: Well, we judge it in our lives based on comparisons to other people. Mm. Um, what, what? When I talk about holiness, I talk to students mostly, and I talk about how uh, we always have a measuring stick that we measure ourselves against, and it's usually our neighbor, someone that we know we're going to be better than, okay? When really the measuring stick of all time has been God himself, Mm. He is the standard, wow. and and so um, when we measure ourselves against God, we clearly see that He is different than us.
1: You know, I think there's something innate in us that when I look around, I see imperfections. Like, I see flaws, mm-hmm. I see brokenness, I see hurt, I see pain, and and there's really only one standard that we can look to to judge that imperfection by. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said this, My argument against God was that the universe seems so cruel and unjust, but how had I got this idea of just and unjust, he asked. A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. And so it's that thought that for us to even have an idea of imperfection means that we have to have this sense of something perfect, which comes only from God or can only come from God.
0: I think, too, about Jesus, you know, that God with us in, in Jesus Christ. And as we walk through the New Testament, specifically the Gospels, we see how he lived in the midst of a fallen world, yet yes. with perfection. And mm. so when I think about the standard, I think about Jesus, how he lived, how he walked, how he breathed, how he loved, how he served. And everything in that, you know, picture reminds me of how I struggle you know, to do those things. And so we're called to be Im- imitators of God, you know, and to be holy as he is holy. Mm-hmm. And so that's the standard for me. That's
2: a yeah, good Yeah, because word. he is the image of the invisible God, like the God that we cannot see but yet know. Why? Because his law is written on our hearts. We saw proven and accomplished through Jesus Christ as he walked on the well, earth.
1: Well, that, that's why our concept of Jesus being sinless is so huge. Because if we believe in a perfect God, we have to believe that his son – Yes. was absolutely perfect, and really defied logic in that way. I think we have a question that we need to end on. If God is really perfect, perfect in strength, perfect in power, how in the world can evil exist? I mean, because we look around and we see pain, we see destruction, we see heartache, we see suffering. How can that exist if God is really perfect? Any insight
2: on that? Because that's something that this generation, my generation, struggles with. It's the number one reason why people don't uh, participate in the church or, or wow. believe in God is because the world is full of imperfection. Mm. And uh, it seems like I think the way we've talked about it is God has done nothing about it, or so it would seem. Well.
0: Wow. But He has. But he you has. know, we go back to Genesis 3 in the garden, and sin entered the world, and what did God do? He showed up and He provided a platform for truth that yep. sin happened.
1: Well, and that was after he had created a world that was very good. So yes, he had created right. perfection and humanity ruined it.
0: That's right. And then he provided a path forward. Yeah. You know, and even in that moment he predicted that Jesus would die in our place and that, you know, ultimately our our healing would come in heaven in glory in in the future. And so he very much is about perfection. That's who he is wow. and that's what he's done and that's what he is doing even right now in the mm. midst of a fallen world.
1: And in the end, he's going to reconcile everything to himself. So it's not as if God is not working through imperfections. Hmm. He has worked through imperfections, and he's continuing to work through imperfections. But this is what I love, that because of his heart for us, man, he tarries even now. Like he's not calling all things back to himself because he's waiting for you to have a perfect relationship with him that only comes through Jesus. Hey, we're trying to make these episodes short so that you can get on to them and share them with somebody that needs to hear them. So share them with somebody and thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.
0: That's it for this episode of Lead, Defend. Until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend conference or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend@absc.org. If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead.
1: A podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.